0: Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6 to 13. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. Sounds good. good. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea, but Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome, well, with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said to him, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had, brought, and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on and Samuel returned to Ramah. Close your eyes, bow your heads with me. Let me pray real quickly. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you are our friend. Thank you that you love us. Oh, we pause for a moment to recognize the presence of your spirit in this room. Father God, the spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us as well the same power. And so, God, we thank you for blessing us with the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father God, we, we sang, some of us danced for joy because of what you've done in our lives. So, Father, in the next few moments as we look into your word, pray, oh, Father God, that your spirit would rest upon us. That your spirit would open eyes, open ears ears, open hearts, to hear, to see, to listen to what you have to say. pray, oh Father God, that you would use use me to bring forth your word. I decrease so that you may increase in this place. In your name I pray, amen, amen. All right, Seth, you can be seated. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. First Samuel chapter 16, we read that, and we're in the Old Testament, and Israel needs a new king. The king that God had chosen already, Saul, he's, nah, he's no good. He's not making the grade. He's not following God the way God wanted him to. His heart has left him. His heart for God has left him. And so the prophet Samuel needs to anoint a new king. And as we read, all the sons of Jesse, they they didn't cut it. They weren't up to what God was looking for. But David had a heart after God. David loved God. And the heart is so important to our faith. Our entire faith is based really on what is in our heart. You know, I often, uh, when I'm leading altar calls or salvation calls, I often tell people, listen to you need to make Jesus the king of your heart. You need to allow Jesus to be the one that is in control of your heart. You need to let Jesus rule your heart. Everything flows out of our hearts. You know, we, we have the saying, you know, if someone gives you a good piece of advice, you say, I'm going to take that to heart, right? Well, you know, when we're saying that, what we're really saying is that we're going to take that and we're going to live according to it. And when we follow God, we need to take the word of God to heart. And live according to it. David is a man after God's own heart. And we see this later on in the Bible. My message this morning is titled, The Heart. And if you have your cell phone with you, if you go into the Bible app, you go to events, you'll find the notes there. You can follow along there. Accordingly, it's also you have space in your bulletin this morning. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Paul is speaking He stands up and he's speaking, and I want to highlight this verse just to sort of set an understanding. Uh, It says this, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. We know that David was not a perfect man. We know that David made some mistakes. We know that David covered up a couple of things in his life. But a, a man after God's own heart is not a perfect man. It's a man who sees his sin and puts it under the blood. Sees his sin and, and understands that because of grace we have been saved. For us today, we, we recognize that we are sinners and we look to the cross to save us. David was a man after God's own heart, which means he lived in harmony with God. He had full faith in God. In short, we could say that his heart was given totally to God. He understood God. He totally devoted his life and trusted God. We see faith in David's life time and time again. David is often referred to. We see how David trusted God when he went to go fight Goliath. Why is the heart so important, though? I believe Jeremiah 17, verse 10, Uh, It tells us why. It says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. We see in Samuel what God is looking for. And I believe that, that as written very specifically, I believe that this verse, and when we see when Samuel is picking David, we see very specifically what God is looking for. He's not looking at the outside. It's to serve us notice that at the end, of the book when when judgment comes, it will not be what you look like. it will be about the heart. I was thinking about that and then this verse came to me uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 we hear where Jesus is giving the sermon, sermon on the mountain he's coming to a close. And he says this, "Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I believe that this verse points us exactly, points us back, to Samuel anointing David. It's not about the outside. It's not about what you do. It's about the heart. Oh, the heart is so important. When Jesus comes back, he's not asking about what you did. He's not asking, you know, did you look great while you were out there doing things in my name? No. What was the motive? Was your motive for doing things in my name, my motive? Or was it yours? Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? If if the Bible were written today, 2019, I think it would say, Lord, Lord, did we not say grace before we ate dinner? Lord, Lord, did we not sing God Save the Queen? I don't know if anybody actually still sings God Save the Queen. I don't think that's a thing. I don't know, maybe if you go to a sporting event, You know, you sing, Lord, Lord, did we not sing God bless America? Any Americans here? Just wondering. No, don't don't put your hand up. It's okay. Lord, Lord, did I not show up to church every Sunday early enough? No, but you see, that's not what God is looking for. Yeah, those are great. That's tremendous. But it's about the heart. It's about what is in control of your heart. We live in a society that tells us, that believing in Jesus is just one of the many ways to get to heaven. And that is false. There is only one way to get to heaven. That is accepting Jesus into your heart and allowing him to rule. Accepting that we are sinners and that Jesus' death on the cross paved the way. When people have taken the word of God, they, you know, some people have taken the word and they've yeah, picked and choose. I don't really like this part so I'm just going to eh, I'm not going to live according to that. But I am going to add this because that fits my life. You know, the great author George Whitfield, he called these people the almost Christian. The almost Christian. They love the idea of being Christian. Love the I- the thought of being Christian. But some of the things, ah, eh, nah, I don't think I don't think that applies to me. No, no. When, when we accept Jesus, when Jesus is in control of our heart, we follow everything that he has written. We follow the entire word of God. David's heart was a heart after God's heart. David, the Bible writes that David delighted in God's laws, and he meditated them, meditated on them day and night. Because guess what? In order to fully experience God, in order to truly be after God's heart, you have to be after his word. David didn't have an easy life. You know, he one time had a spear thrown at his head. He also had to hide in the mountains because the same guy who threw the spear at his head was chasing after him to kill him. He also had his son try to take over the kingdom. I'm not saying that following God's heart is going to be easy, especially in today's society. But when we follow God's heart, Watch this. When we, when we follow God's heart, then the champion shows up. The champion shows up on our behalf. Jesus said there were going to be trials. Look at the disciples. Jesus left, and guess what? The disciples were running, running from town to town. They were running out of their homes. Oh, no, it's not going to be easy to follow Jesus. But listen, when we follow Jesus today... When Jesus returns and he looks at our hearts, he'll know that we are his. He'll know that we belong to him. Paul had to leave towns at night. True followers of God, we go through things. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. We sacrifice. We cry. We break in pieces sometimes of what's happening in our lives, but it's all part of the journey. It's all part of what God's taking us on. God takes us on these journeys to refine us. And when we're spending time in the word as we're going through the journey, our hearts become more tuned to God's heart. not out pure though, this morning to talk about a doctrine. As that is always brought up when people look at this verse. I don't do uh, theological debates or discussions. I stopped doing that in Bible college because... It just gets heated, and then people run to walk away, and like, forget that. I will allow you to do your own research. Allow you to take it home and be like, what does this mean? I truly believe that sometimes we spend so much time talking about theology that we miss out on the mission that God has given us, which is to introduce those around us to the gospel, which is to introduce those around us to the true heart of God. You know, why is this important? Why is the heart important? Because we have people in our churches. We have people around us who have bought into some of the lies that society has sold them. That you can do whatever you like and have some sort of Christianity. Our youth, our kids, they need to know that that Christianity is not just singing some, some songs. It's not just about singing amazing grace. It's about knowing why that grace is so amazing. We have teenagers who are being led to a false idea of Christianity. We have a society of people who are Jesus-admiring, but not Jesus-following, because their heart is not after God's heart. We have people in our society who worship a God that requires no sacrifice, no obedience, no submission. These are people who are not worshiping the God of the Bible. Because when we spend time in the word, we realize that God, God calls us to sacrifice a lot. Not just a little bit. A lot. This passage in Matthew that we just read scares me sometimes. Because if we were to be very honest with ourselves, there may be people in our circles, our Christian circles, who could potentially fit into that category. We need to wake up. Look at your neighbor. Tap your neighbor on the don't don't punch him or anything. Just lightly tap them and say, "Hey neighbor, we need to wake up." Because we need to realize that there are people living beside us in our towns. There are people who work beside us at our workplaces, who sit beside us in our schools, that they need to have a real encounter with the real Jesus. Not some Jesus that you could wear and take with you on a cross, on a chain, but the Jesus who comes into your life and transforms you. Parents, you know, we spend so much time, we want our kids to have good grades, and listen, I didn't have good grades, so I'm not always the best person to give advice. But I understand that you want your kids to have good grades and you want them to get into good schools and all that. But if we spend more time in school, if we spend more time focusing on our books, how much time is left to focus on Jesus? You know, some people spend only 90 minutes connected with God. 90 minutes. Okay, let me think. What is 90 minutes? Okay, church starts at 10. Uh, we try to be out of here at 11:30. Oh man! Wait, hold on. Is that correct? Not? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's 90 minutes, and we have people who walk into our churches every week, and I don't just mean this church; I mean all churches, the global church. And they will have a 90-minute service, and that is all the connection they have with Jesus. You know how much time people spend in traffic? You know how much time people spend on Netflix? Come on, somebody! 90 minutes. Let me let, let's play a game. Uh, for those of us that work and we enjoy our jobs, what would happen if you only devoted 90 minutes to your work a week? You would You would get fired. Um, what happens if you only devoted 90 minutes of sleep in a week? You'd feel like you'd feel pretty bad. I was going to say something else. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you'd feel terrible. You'd feel bad, right? So you devote more time to your body. Married couples, if we only devoted 90 minutes a week to our marriages. friendships what if we only devoted 90 minutes a week to our friendships with close friends? Would that relationship succeed? So why is it that we have people who spend only 90 minutes with God and expect to have the most flourishing relationship? Hmm. The heart is so important. There are people who need to recognize that Jesus calls them to something greater. But I believe that there is a movement of people coming. I believe that there are people who are tired of being entertained and they want to be more edified. A movement of people who want to follow God fully, And truly, and I believe that God is sometimes, not sometimes, I believe that truly God does this. He raises up a person, he raises up a church, he raises up a denomination to say when the world gets out of order, when the world decides that I am not good enough, I'm going to raise up a mighty man, a mighty woman, a mighty church, a mighty denomination to stand up and shout out that Jesus is still alive and active. And if we follow God's heart, it shows people that there is something greater. We are called to be in the world, but not of it. We're called to be separated, be different. And being different is what draws other people to Christ. Being different is what drew people to church in the first place. Being different is why people come to church. Oh, man, you know, uh, that, he, he's always smiling. I'm not actually talking about myself. I know some of you are like, you don't use yourself. He's always happy. Why is he always happy? He's always joyful. People are drawn to these things. And we as a church, we as followers of God, we need to be those people. I believe that God wants to raise us up to change our towns, to change this town. And in order to do that, we, we need to have our hearts tuned completely to God. And so there are three ingredients to having a heart after God that we can pull from David's life. For us today to have a heart after God means we need to spend more time in prayer, more time in worship, and more time in the Word. And I don't just mean, you know, reading a devotional and making sure that the Bible app has recorded that you're reading so your streak can continue. I don't mean that. I mean taking it to heart and allowing the Word of God to guide you. Worshiping without regard for who is around. You know, David danced naked before the Lord. And, yes, I'm going to have to make sure I say this because I don't want anybody to get ideas. We're not about dancing naked here on Sunday mornings. All right? When the Bible tells us David danced naked, that is physical, but we can take that David worshiped God with a naked heart. Naked heart. Make sure we get that naked heart. Bearing everything to God in worship. You know, Adam and Eve were ashamed of their nakedness. And sometimes we come into church ashamed of bearing our heart in worship. But when we come into the house of the Lord, when we come into worship, whether we are crying out in praise and crying tears because of what God is doing or what's on our heart or whether we're singing and dancing, we need to know that we can come to God not ashamed of being exposed before him. Bear your heart in worship. Fully clothed naked heart, fully clothed, naked heart. David writes in Psalm 57, verse 7, my heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. You see, when we worship with a heart that is tuned to God, we are confident in our God. We are confident in what he can do. We are confident because of what he has done. Worship is important, and allow me to say that church worship has become one of the biggest parts of our services. But here's the thing we need to remember, that when we come together in church on a Sunday morning, worship is not about us. Yeah, I know sometimes we don't sing your favorite song. I know we don't sing Oceans, I'm Sorry. Is that the song? Uh, Maybe. I know we don't sing I'm Sorry. But when we come here, it is not about me. It is about he, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Sometimes we get upset about the songs that are sung or not sung. But guess what? Here's a suggestion. If you come to church and we don't sing a song you like, still worship God with everything. And when you leave and you get in your car, just sing the song you want to sing. I think that's, I think that's pretty simple. You know, I believe that, that songs touch us. And that's why that, it becomes such a, sometimes in some churches, a big argument. You know, when I was a kid, I loved this song. This, this is a song that meant a lot to me when I was a kid. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Right? That was a great song. I love that song. And that song was for that time in my life. And as I grew up, you know, and and in youth, a thousand times I fail, still your mercies remain. I love that song growing up and in youth. And, you know, we'll get to the altar and just start crying tears. You just have to hear the beginning. And then that was it. It was a rap, and you the oh, man, right? That's how it was, how it is. We, we have songs that touch us. For some of us, it's amazing grace, how sweet the sound, right? Songs like that, that touch us. We love those songs, and they, they have meaning. Okay, one more. We have one more song. Growing up as a kid in prayer meetings, we, they always used to sing a song. It, I mean, I loved it, too. And it went like this, oh, the blood of Jesus. Right? We love that song as well. And songs, they mean something to us at different stages in our life. And today my, my, my song, is, as you heard a couple of weeks ago, You are my champion and giant foe when you stand. I love these songs, but when we come together as a church, it is not about me, it is about he who loves us. That is why we worship. Worship is important in our lives. When we worship, we are putting the focus on God. Especially in our Pentecostal churches, we, we worship and we are aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit when we worship. In our times of worship, the Spirit is with us and sometimes you might end up singing a chorus three or four times because the presence of God is leading our worship leader to lead us to sing that song one more time, to sing that chorus one more time. Oh, when we worship it, it's so important that we keep the focus on our God and as we worship, when the spirit is present, that changes us. Because worship is an outward reflection of an internal heart posture. His heart is postured toward it. And we keep the focus on God. That's, that's it right there for worship. A key ingredient to having a heart after God is just keep the focus on God. We need to be engaged in worship as we tune our hearts to God. We focus on him. The more we get on with celebrating who and what we are in Christ, the less consumed we will be by the chaos, and the more we will be, the more committed we will be to Christ-likeness in the world and for the world. David was a worshiper. He was committed to worshiping God with everything. The second ingredient is prayer. Prayer is how we converse with God. You know, I grew up amongst prayer. You've probably heard me say this. I grew up in church. I grew up going to prayer meetings, multiple prayer meetings, all-night prayer meetings. But there was food at the end. Um, And for David, prayer was a way of life. And, And for us, it needs to be the same. Prayer helps us to build up our relationship with God. Prayer is a time for us to have a conversation with him. Prayer is not just laying all of our requests and then leaving, but it also is a time where we can sit and listen to what God has to say. You know, I I tried this this out, and if you're in the Bible app, I think I've linked uh, a podcast. I was listening to a podcast with uh, Robert Johnson, uh, the late Robert Johnson out of Montreal. And he was talking about when he first became a Christian, he used to pray. And he would pray and lay down his requests, and then when he was done, he would say, now, God, I'm going to sit and listen for your response. And so this week, I tried it out. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. So I sat in my car, as I was on my way in, uh, it was like three o'clock in the morning, and I prayed, and then I was done praying for each and every one of you, uh, for everybody, pray for everybody all the time. And I said, God, I've I've laid out everything, I've laid out my requests, and now I'm gonna sit and listen. And then God said something to me. I was like, whoa, this this is working. You know, I laid out my requests, and he said, you always complain. Don't laugh. You always complain about not being happy with how things are. And then he said, but if you had everything you wanted, would you truly be happy? I said, oh, well, you're you're probably kind of right. Because if I had a BMW, I wouldn't want to have to take it in to get service, because that is not cheap. Just saying I do want to I did want to be He said, when your heart is tuned into my heart, it's not about what you want that makes you happy. It's about what I want that makes you happy. Oh boy, did that punch me in the face. And I was like, okay, God, this might be the last time I listen for you. I'm just kidding. You see, when we when we sit and pray, we converse with God, and and you know, when we when we you know we do this weird thing where we we talk a lot? When we sit and just stop. We listen in the silence, God speaks. The more we pray, the more we listen, and the more God speaks to us, we grow in our hunger for more of God. Maybe you're like me, though. Maybe you struggle with prayer, because I struggle with prayer sometimes. I, I talk a lot and I think a lot. Uh, here, here are a couple of things. The first one is pray out loud. Pray out loud. You know, we're bombarded by a million things. We've got so many things going on in our lives. You know, I've got to you know, make sure I feed the rabbit and do all these things. I've got to do that. And experts have this, this, this sort of guess. like They're like, okay, the human mind thinks 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. You know what happens when we try to pray in our minds? We start off really well. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for saving me. Thank you for my job this to do and that to do. Ah, hold on, let me make some notes about what I got. Not while driving though, please guys, not while driving. Um, just gonna make some notes. We get so bombarded by our own thoughts that, we, that our prayer just sort of fades off and then we come back, oh Lord, where was I? Oh, can you give me this and give me that? Like, you know, that, that's me anyway. Uh, that, that's something that happens. But praying out loud helps us to be ordered. Praying out loud helps us to be ordered. So pray out loud. Second one is pray with scripture. Helps us to get into the word. We're going to talk about that in a moment. We can pray the promises of God. Because remember, we're conversing with God. And we need to remember what God has said in his word, which helps us as we pray. We have an entire book of psalms that can help us. We have the entire Bible, not just psalms that can help us, but the entire book of psalms is written a lot by David. And we can read what David was going through and apply them to our situation. Yeah, you might not have had a spear thrown at your head, but maybe you've had some darts thrown at your head from from the enemy. You might not have had to run for your physical life because someone is trying to kill you. But the enemy is after you every day. Pray the prayers, pray the psalms, pray the entire book, because guess what? They are raw and deep and emotional. Praying God's word helps us to think God's thoughts last one is write out your prayers. Here's why writing out your prayers is good. It keeps us focused, just like praying out loud, it keeps us focused, but you know what else it does? It helps us to keep a record of God's responses and what God has done. And I know that that some of our our, uh, veteran Christians probably have books of prayer, of prayer requests written down, and how God has responded. And when you open them up and you look through them, you can see how good our God is, that he hears our prayers, that he hears our cries, that he loves us. And it might not go the way we want it, but when we look back and we see how God was ordaining something, oh, it is so amazing. Prayer and worship are important because it helps us to connect with God's heart. The more time we spend in prayer and worship, our hearts become shaped towards God's heart. And when we read the word, we are literally taking into our heart God's word and allowing them to shape us. Prayer life, a great prayer life, draws us into conversation with God. And we talk with God. We bring our hearts into alignment with God, with what he wants for not just us, but for those around us. Worship puts the focus on God and places him in the rightful place as the king of our hearts. Prayer allows us to converse with God. And hear what God is saying. You know, when we allow our hearts to be after God's heart, we have this weird dependence on God. No matter what the situation. You know, David stood in front of a giant with a spirit of boldness because his heart was after God. Let me read to you what Beth Moore writes. She wrote, prayer keeps us in constant communion with God, which is the goal of our entire believing lives. Without a doubt, prayerless lives are power, are powerless lives, and prayerful lives are powerful lives. Uh, but believe it or not, the ultimate goal God has for us is not power, but a personal intimacy with him. We get that when our hearts are tuned and, and postured towards him. Our last ingredient is the word. The word provides us with access to God's thoughts and his commands. And I think that a lot of people are missing out on the Word because the Word is so powerful. It trims what needs to be trimmed. When we follow the Word, oh, we, we fo- we're following God's own commands and directions. The Word is going to be the basis of our prayer life and the basis of our worship. Maybe you need to get a devotional. I think in the Bible app, I've also given you some devotionals as well. Devotionals are good, and spend time reading them. Get into the Word. Let them help you. Let them help your prayer life. But also, get into a small group. Be in regular contact with people who are going to help you digest the Word. Be in regular contact with people who are going to help mentor you through the word as you read it. That way when things pop up and you're like, I don't know about this, you have someone that you can go to and be like, what does this mean? And someone will sit with you and go through the Bible with you and help you to digest what God is saying and help you to understand what the word is about. Oh, get into the word. Small groups are so important because it helps everybody understand and get deeper into the word. If you are not in a small group yet, well, guess what? Fall is coming. September is coming, and we're going to have our small group starting back up. And that is a great opportunity for you to get connected with people, a great opportunity for you to be in the Word, a great opportunity for you to be in some prayer, a good opportunity for you to be in some worship as you turn your heart towards God. Oh, oh, I love what happens when the kingdom of God comes together. We can memorize the word. When we memorize the word, we're, we're literally walking around with the word written on our hearts. When we, when we take it in, when we allow the word to change us, we become like David, who was a man after God's own heart. When we have a heart after God, we live authentically as followers of Jesus. And when we live authentically as followers, we show the world what true. Christianity is. We show the world why it's so important to follow God. We show them that there is more than they ever experienced before. When we live as people saved by grace, truly saved by grace, people whose hearts are turned towards God, and we show other people that and they live that way, well, guess what? When Jesus returns, they won't be the ones saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? When Jesus returns, he will judge our hearts and he will welcome us to be with him in eternity. May we repent of the times that our hearts haven't followed God fully. May we live with a boldness that is driven by our relationship with Jesus. May as we turn our hearts to God, we would see God do great and amazing things. And maybe you're here and you say, you know what? Yeah, I'm. I'm there. I'm turned to God. I'm following him, but I'm, it's the last 5%. I'm still holding on to something. Well, listen, I'm here to encourage you. That Jesus opened arms. There's no condemnation. We all sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we need a Savior. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit to help us. Oh, may we be people who live after God's heart. All of that was my introduction. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Josiah, could you put the words up to that last song for me? The one I told you. You know, I was thinking... I was thinking about this song. This song hit me last night. I love the words... This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. We used to sing that song in church. Josiah, if you could put up the chorus for me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Can we sing that together this morning? Lord, I
1: give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way. Let's sing that again. Lord, I give you my heart. Come on, stand to your feet. I give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in
0: me. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you love us, that you continuously give us chance after chance. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so wonderful. God, I pray in this moment that we would be people who will have our hearts fully turned towards you. Father God, that we would be people who trust in you, who trust in your word, Father God. That when the world says your word is ancient, we will look to it as current. That when the world says that you are not important, we will look to you as a source of everything because you are important. When the world says God does not matter, that God is dead, we will look to you and know that you are alive, that you matter, that you are in control. And Father God, when this world turns dark, we know that you are the light that still shines in the darkness. So, Father God, I pray that our hearts would be turned to you, Father God, so that we can reach those in our communities, in our schools, in our workplaces, Father God, that those people who are God-admirers, who are Jesus-admirers, would come to become Jesus' followers because of what you are doing in our hearts. And, Father God, that you would change their hearts, Father God. I pray, Father God, we would move beyond the actions and move more to the motives of your heart, Father God. Oh, Father God, that we would see your name lifted high in our town, Father God. Oh, God, you want to do something so great. God, I believe that that you have something in store for us. I believe that you you want to do something in our lives. I wholeheartedly believe that you have placed an anointing on this church. Oh, Holy Spirit, in this moment, Would you speak to our hearts? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, yeah, you know what? My heart isn't fully turned towards God. You say, yeah, I let things cloud up my heart sometimes. I sometimes walk away. I sin. I'm gonna give you a chance to respond in a moment. But if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never turned your heart and allowed Jesus to be the king of your heart. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just repeat these words. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. I admit that I am a sinner. But I admit that you saved. I recognize that you died on the cross. And yet you rose again three days later. So be the king of my heart today. Tune my heart to your word. May your spirit rest upon me. And from this day on, I am saved. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you prayed that prayer for the 33rd time, and you you recognize that you need to change, I need you to come find myself, come find Pastor Lori. I, I, I want you to tell us that you have accepted Jesus. We got something for you. We got a little Bible. We want you to start off your walk with God on the right foot. And make sure you get plugged into a small group. Make sure you get plugged in with people who want to see you grow in the word, who want to see you grow in your worship, who want to see you grow in your prayer life. It's super important that you do that. But maybe you're here this morning and you just need prayer. Maybe there's something on your heart. I'm going to invite members of our prayer team to be available. Worship team, you can, you can join us. We're, we're about to wrap up. But I don't want to leave without giving this opportunity for, for those who, who just want to pray. Maybe there is something on your heart. Maybe you, you have something on your heart. Oh, my desire is that our hearts will be fully tuned to God. And I believe that there are some of us here this morning who we need a retuning. is always good. And if that's you this morning, listen, we're going we're gonna to open up this front and make it an altar space and allow you to pray. So God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you love us. God, I pray that your spirit would seal this in our hearts. Pray, oh Father God, that we would be people who love your word, whose hearts are turned to you, whose desire is for this town, for, for our neighbors to come to you. And Father God, may we be people, oh God, it's not just about the action, but it's about the heart. May we turn to you and look to you, Father God, just Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do in our life. So now to him be all the glory and all the honor. Thank you.